right, welcome to episode four of Fanboys and Features. I'm your co-host, Lucas Zhang. I'm Andrew. How are we doing? So today's uh, going to be a little bit different up, a different episode. It's, um, Memorial Day having uh, just ended a few days ago. I kind of got, I kind of was thinking about some of the uh, best, my favorite uh, war movies I've seen uh, in the past. So today we're going to go, each of us are going to talk about our top three uh, favorite uh, war movies. Keep in mind, this is not like a trip, like any specific tribute. It was just, these are some movies I just, I I was thinking, the topic of war movies just came up like when I during Memorial Day. This isn't a specific like tribute to anyone. So, uh, Andrew, do you want to uh, you want to get started? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I was thinking, well, you know, we're going to kind of do popcorn style. I go one movie, Lucas can go the next movie. Yeah. And all right, when picking a war movie, it was a bit difficult because I was thinking some classics like Schindler's List, but then I realized. You know, that doesn't quite focus on the war side, but it's more of the result of war. So I couldn't pick that. But that was most certainly an honorable mention. So therefore, of course, I had to go for one that's more focused on combat. And by the way, Lucas, if none of your movies include any uh, oppressed minorities, then you're a racist. So luckily, yeah. I have one no, movie no, that fits that mine criteria. Has, mine, has, mine has some. Mine has some. Excellent. We checked all the box. We checked all the woke boxes. We're yes, okay. we shall please okay. the algorithm gods. All we have to say, we can't say that uh, Taiwan's a country, okay? Oh no. Well, I just said it. No, you you destroyed our podcast already. I know. Yeah. Yep. CCP. I was, mark, what? I was gonna market this to the CCP, but can't, <sighs> can't anymore. Dude, people in China would have loved our show. Anyway, let's roll. My first movie I would like to talk about is Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie with a passion. Uh, it's a Quentin Tarantino film, for those who don't know, but it's very fun. I would say it definitely rewrites history in the World War II era because, you know, it changes how Hitler dies. I don't know if that's really spoiling the movie, but basically what happens in it is you have a special unit that's uh, specifically hired to kill Hitler. And the unique thing about these is they're all, you know, they're Jews. They have it out for Hitler because, you know, Nazis don't really like Jews. I don't know if you guys knew that. But Wait, hold on. I'll repeat that one more time. Nazis I, don't like Jews? I, I didn't know that. Oh, uh, well, you know what? You learn something every day. I'm, I'm glad we could talk I about made it this. Go- I made it a goal to learn something every day. I, I accomplished that today. Yeah, now now you know that you're fucking retarded. <laughs> anyway, this this this, this episode can't air. We Dude, have, to, we, have, we have to cut this one too. Yeah, we have to cut it too. <laughs> you can just censor it if you if you have to. All right. All right. Yeah. I don't know if it's like. You know, obviously Quentin Tarantino. He, he, I mean, he. Everyone knows what his style is. Is outrageous, Feet. sort of kind of sp- spaghetti Feet. western sort of thing. Feet. Like, Feet. <laughs> I don't know if this is like the most Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino movie. I think Kill Bill is up there too. I think Django Unchained. 
kind of really ramps that up to eleven too. But Inglorious Bastards is is it's great. Fun. One of my favorite, one of my favorite Brad, Brad Pitt performances, I think. Yeah, Brad Pitt kind of goes beyond a plank of wood this time and actually tries acting, and he's pretty good at it. Apparently, one of my, one of my favorite scenes in in any of his movies is the bar scene with the Nazis, where like the spy, they like Michael Fassbender's character. Oh yeah, you know, they point, they're pointing the guns at each other's balls. Oh, that was a good one, man. I forget All this right. really famous line, but I, that, that's a ton of fun, I think. And he has a Quentin Tarantino. He has a history of like taking re, really dark historical subjects and kind of turning them on his head and making it a lot more like lighthearted and fun. He did that with um, the topic of slavery and Django Unchained. I, I don't know if you have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I have. I will say it's definitely uh, one of the most unique Quentin Tarantino films that yeah. focuses more on character development than plot. Yeah, that one, it, it, it plays off, it kind of rewrites the history of what happened to Sharon Tate, who was married, who was murdered by a cult, by a bunch of cult members, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Manson family, if I remember correctly. So it actually kind of, Sharon Tate, I think... I think she survived and in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's been it's been a couple years since I've seen that movie, but she actually survived. She doesn't actually end up getting murdered. And um, then all the, the the cult people who were sent to kill her end up getting murdered themselves. Oh, yeah. The ending of that movie, which was one of the funniest <laughs> ending I've ever seen, I never laughed. That was probably <laughs> the hardest I've ever laughed in the theater. So good. Yeah, but, it was funny. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we're getting a little bit off topic. Good movie. Go check it out, guys. But anyway, just really want to touch on English Bastards real quick. I think it's very unique take on World War II from looking at it from different angles. It has multiple uh, connecting stories, actually. You have, um, let's see, you have the team that's hired to kill Hitler. You get to see how each of them reacts in like 10 situations they're kind of idiots at first they they are kind they're somewhat incompetent in like i guess close quarter situations but in combat they're very organized and then you have uh uh shoshana who was in the very first scene and yeah. her family was killed by christopher waltz's character hans yeah, that, landa oh my that, god christopher that, that waltz that intro scene blew my fucking mind. It was so, considering like how raunchy that movie can be in some parts, <laughs> how tense that that intro was. Uh, yep, Christoph Waltz can freaking act so well. So he's a master. He's yep. a master. Yeah, apparently like only one third of that movie was spoken in English, and then the rest was spoken in German, French. Yeah, it was in German. Yep. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah. it was so nice it, to. See- Good. I was gonna, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, go check it out. I highly recommend it. Uh, best. Yep. I will say, I guess every now and then I can't tell whenever the movie wants to be serious, but for the most part, it knows what it is. It's just having fun. Hold up, Mike Myers is in this. I believe so. I haven't seen. It's been a couple of years since I've seen this movie, but if I. Yeah, that's wild. Okay, Shrek is in this movie too. This is really good. <laughs> yeah, it'd be ten out, ten out of ten, number one best movie in the world. Go check it out. All right, uh, Lucas, you want to go? 
right. My first choice. Um, none of my movies. I don't know if you did the same thing. Did the same thing, but none of my movies are in any particular order. They're just kind of. I'd say they're all they're all great. Yeah, my mine are choice, out of order too. Good. My first was my first choice is Mel Gibson's uh, Hacksaw Ridge, released in 2016. So this is the story. This is a true story. Uh, uh, Desmond Doss, played by Andrew Garfield. Um, this is the, the movie takes place during World War II, and it's basically his journey enlisting into the into the army as a medic. But the big caveat is he doesn't want to carry a gun into battle, so that's where a, a huge source of conflict comes into him because he's also a very devout Catholic. He doesn't believe in killing people; he just wants to save. Save people completely different tone and compare it to Inglorious Bastards, but as far as war movies go, this is uh, one of my favorites. My favorite performance from Andrew Garfield, in my opinion. Uh, one of Vin- Vince Vaughn is in this movie as well. He plays a sergeant, in my opinion. This is also his best performance. And uh, Sam Worthington, the uh, what's it called? The uh, From the uh, the the movie, what are the fucking what are those fucking movies? Um, Shrek. Uh, no, uh, the Minions. No, 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 no. Uh, the Clash of the Titans movies. He was also the the guy from Avatar with the blue people. He he was that guy. In my he he was one of the blue people. Yeah, in Avatar, the main the main blue person in Avatar. I, I've never hated a movie so much that I haven't seen. Avatar just looks really weird. It's really good, but kind of isn't there hair sex in that movie sort of yeah but i'm not gonna get into that right now but it's it's dark it's like as far as portraying war violence goes this is hands down one of the best it's it's not like it's especially in comparison to uh Inglorious Bastards. It does not portray the violence of war as like this really fun thing. You just go into a room, guns and blazing, and just shoot Nazis up. This one, it, it's it, they kind of treat the action in this movie as more like a horror movie. Like, you know, have you ever do you ever like do this thing in movies where like if an actor, if there's a scene like if like an actor's like underwater, you like hold your breath as well, or if like oh yeah, or I, I like, know, I think I know what you're talking about. I've seen that movie too. Like I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, and or like in movies where the act, the, the, the character has to be really quiet, like you also like hold your breath too. I yeah. I did the same exact thing with this movie, with a couple of scenes. This movie takes place uh, I which battle it was? Uh, battle of Okinawa, so on the what was the Pacific Theater in World War World War Two, so. It's a, it's a harrowing story, really inspiring. I don't know. I have have you seen it or not? I would if you haven't. I've I, seen American uh, Hacksaw Ridge, whatever Hacksaw Ridge. You have seen that? Yeah. So really good movie. I highly recommend it to to anyone that's just interested in a new take on war movie. That's more of a from a uh, what's it called? Uh, it's non sequitur, uh, non violent, uh, conscientious objector. That's what it is. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of, there is a good amount of gore and violence in this movie, but it's not like romanticized or like propped up in any way where it makes it seem appealing. It's like, no, this is 
when they say war is hell, this movie is exactly what what it is. It's hell. So go see it. Mel Gibson's best movie, in my opinion, as well. So also, and uh, I forgot to mention Hugo Weaving, uh, Mr. Anderson. He's in this movie too. One of his one of his best performances as well. Tons of amazing performances in this movie. So he's very good. Can't can't recommend this movie movie enough. Hassle Ridge, go watch it. Yep. Next. All right, my next one is Dunkirk. I like this mostly because it's a visual spectacle for the most part, and I, I would say it's very well shot. It just everything looks visually amazing. Uh, the audio is fantastic. When a flame flies by, it's like this, you know, menacing, thundering noise. It's like, it's this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, rib. It's very riveting. I don't know. I was in the IMAX theater, so maybe a different experience for someone else. But anyway. I was invested in the characters than the actual story, I guess, which, you know, the plot's basic. It's just get the soldiers off the island. Um, this is a World War One film, so everyone is going on their sailing boats from the surrounding region of the island to help out the soldiers get them off that island. And you get to see multiple uh, stories from different soldiers. You see Tom Hardy. You see him as a pilot that's trying to ward off different planes from bombing planes. Uh, there's apparently Harry Styles is in this movie. I he was good in the movie. It's a great movie. Cillian Murphy's in this yeah. too. It's just uh, like this is like the English actors like like the the top line. You got every, like all 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 the modern British greats in this. You got Harry Styles. You got Cillian Murphy. You got Tom Hardy, you got Michael Kine. Michael Kenneth Branagh, who yeah. just who is a great actor, but just kind of like stands there the too. entire time. Yeah. And well, Michael Kine. Yeah, my, my, I love Michael Kine. Uh, did you say Barry Keoghan? Yeah, he's in this too. I forget what else he's been in, but uh, yeah, he he's the he's the guy with an interesting face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- this one you had to see in theaters though. You had to. I don't think. Oh, definitely. Like character-wise, I don't think. It, like I like everyone. Like all the performances were great, but no one character really stuck out to me. And my so for me, the big draw of this movie is like the visual spectacle in this movie. Like I saw, I was fortunate enough to see this in IMAX in theaters, and uh, I was pretty blown away, man. Christopher Nolan, that man, that man can do no wrong. All right. Do no wrong. Absolutely. I have, it, I have it on Blu-ray. I haven't seen it yet, even though I I, I got the Blu-ray a couple years back. But I don't think it's gonna be anywhere near what uh what the theater experience brought, in my opinion. Did you see it in theaters as well? I I saw it in theaters in IMAX, and yep, the audio was completely. You know, fucking me up. I felt like I was getting beat up by my own share, but you know, it helped me put me myself in the setting of a battlefield. So I thought it was more about being in war than you know, telling a story about you know how to describe it. It's an action movie. That's how war movies usually are. But in this case, is you know, takes itself very seriously. It portrays characters and you know, 
dangerous situations, and as it should, it's grim. Uh, yeah, it's not a happy ending for every character. Tom Hardy gets captured. I think Harry Styles ends up all right. Uh, but yeah, people nearly drowned this movie. But yeah, that, that the boat set piece. When I was talking earlier about like holding your breath during scenes where characters are underwater, I think this one precisely. Definitely, I think I did that during this movie as well. It's just yeah, because there isn't a whole lot of dialogue in this movie, so I feel like in terms of character-wise, the the actors are like kind of aren't that they don't have a ton to work with, so it's really all about mostly like their facial expressions, how they how they move and stuff. So yeah, I don't I don't think any single character was like stood out to me but like just as a whole just as a visual piece this movie was really stunning in my opinion all right lucas what's your next movie my next pick uh, also a world war one movie is uh directed by sam mendez and it's uh 1917 Oh, yeah. I just saw that yesterday. You saw it? Yeah. This one, kind of similar to Dunkirk in that you have to see it in theaters to get the full experience. Exactly. It's a requirement. This was I had the, definitely the like the standout, I guess, feature of this movie is its cinematography, the way it's shot. The movie looks like it's done in one take. It's shot by Roger Deakins hands down the best the best cinematographer ever working in film in my opinion he also he also shot Blade Runner uh, 2049 thank god he won an oscar for that i mean oh my god yeah i feel like blade runner 2042 2040 was very underrated great movie <clears throat> what else is Rocky Deacon shot i'm trying to remember that's shot Sicario. Shot he shot these nuts. Yeah, yeah, my favorite movie. Yeah, he shot uh, he shot No Country for Old Men. Oh, I love that movie. I forgot that movie existed. How did I forget? Yeah, he also shot Skyfall, my favorite Bond movie. But that's yeah, it's good. I so everything. I, I like Goldfinger. That's a kind of a classic for me. But everything Roger Deakins shoots is just pure. Eye candy in 1917. At this at this point, it's just him showing off. Like, oh, look what mm-hmm. I can, what I can do. Yeah. Apparently, people thought that the long take. You know, this it, it, it was supposed to feel like a long take, but people were like, hmm, it's just a gimmick. It doesn't really add to the film. I think it really works with this it movie because you're so following well. the two uh, the two main characters uh, played by George McKay and uh, Dean Charles, who is the uh, the guy who killed the guy who jumped off the building in Game of Thrones. What the hell's his name? But uh, you know, Edward Snowden. What? Oh, John John Snow. He came back to America. The film Game of Thrones and was later captured by the FBI. <laughs> King Joffrey's brother, whatever the hell his name is. He's the guy who jumped. Played by Dean Charles. He's the guy who jumps off the building in season six of Game of Thrones. But 
regardless, you can't you kind of follow those two through the whole movie. So you don't really as compared to how a normal movie would be cut, you don't actually spend that much time with the characters since assuming the amount of time that passes in the movie equals the length of the movie itself. You get a, a shocking amount of growth within that. I think I don't think the movie's even that long. What? So the movie's two hours. One hour it's about yeah, about two hours. So pretty I say average average length. So even then. So you're only seeing these characters grow for two hours, and that's the actual amount of time they're 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 on screen. Yeah, true. I feel it's, like like assuming like it's the same amount of time that passes for them. Yeah. So it's the amount of like the amount of growth we see from these characters is actually really they pull they did great with that in my opinion. Yeah, they did a great job. I feel like the reason they have it all taken in one shot is that well to make it look like it was all done in one shot was you know in war you don't get cutaways you don't get cuts from scene to scene it's just you know long it's hell you don't even know what day it is there's a scene where. Uh, in the beginning of the film, they asked uh, the lieutenant, you know, what day it is. And they're like, uh, no one knows. Apparently today's Friday. Uh, yeah, it's just you don't really know how long, how much time has passed during the movie because you're just in like this constant state of suspense. Like, OK, what's going to happen? When's the next gunshot going to go off? Is there going to be a trap somewhere? Like so many of the set pieces in this movie were so memorable. The one where they're walking through no man's land. I, Yo. I, I, I and like the that the bomb goes off and they're trapped. That that whole sequence, I I I pretty much held my held my breath for that whole time as yeah. well. I I will say my favorite was near the end. I can't talk about it because spoilers, but holy crap, the ending. It's, we can spoil. It's, this movie's been out for two years. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, screw spoiler, you. I yeah. love when spoiler, the guy. Spoiler warning for all these movies. Yep. Okay. Three. Three, two, one, go. I love when the guy is about to prevent the first wave from going out. Like, the, the bombs are starting to be launched. Wait, no, there were uh, ballistic missiles, something like that, were being launched at the first wave in the trench. And so, you know, he's out there running on no man's land, going, like, across, uh, you know, parallel to the trenches, just dot finessing dodging the missiles and oh, when, he, when he's running across the, the field at the end that's that oh that, yeah that seems fantastic i get amped i got i get so amped when i watch that i just i forget i forget who scored this movie but also that movie has a killer soundtrack uh, um the same guy that did the batman movies and every other christopher nolan movie oh it was him right did did Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer. I, I'm pretty sure he did 1917 because I remember 1917 and Tenet kind of coming out uh, within a, a year. And I'm thinking, yeah, there's no way Hans Zimmer is going to be able to do Tenet. Uh, it was scored by Thomas Newman. Yeah, close enough. Uh, he, he scored Finding Nemo, Shawshank Redemption. Dude, Find Nemo's best war movie. That's best. actually my third pick. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just 
if I don't know because this one I think even more so than Dunkirk really demands the theater experience, but it's, they're not showing it. If if they do show it, I jump on it right away. Go go see this in theaters because I've seen I saw it again like just on a normal TV. It doesn't do it justice. I think character wise, this movie does a, a little bit of a better job than Dunkirk because you're with this one character pretty much for the entire two hours of this movie. As with Dunkirk, it jumps around to a lot of different people, so you don't get nearly as much growth. So I think, yeah, one of the yeah. most like visceral, I think, war movies I, I've seen in a while. What's right. your next pick, Andrew? All right, my third and final pick is Apocalypse Now. Oh my gosh, this is definitely, I don't think it's not only a great war movie, but it is so many things at one time. And the beginning is somewhat of a Western from the way it's set up. And then in the middle, it's just, it becomes a war movie. And then near the end is a psychological, somewhat of a thriller. Um, I'll have to, I'll explain the plot a little bit, but I really want people to come into this blind just because of how uh, insane it is. It's like, they dip the film in LSD and put it on screen. It's just, it takes place in Vietnam War, and basically Marlon Brando stars uh, Colonel Walters, and then you have Martin Sheen, who's Cam Benjamin, you have a bunch of other side characters. Oh yeah, Lawrence Fishburne's in this too. Yeah. Playing, I, so, I, oh yeah, he plays, clean, me, right? he plays clean. He plays clean. Even Harrison Ford's in it for a little bit, but basically, uh, oh wait, no, Marlon Brando is the colonel that they have to find, and Martin Sheen is Captain Benjamin, and basically they have to go find, you know, Marlon Brando and kill him because he's gone insane, he's gone a wall, and he's, you know, probably holding government information that won't kill him for whatever reason. And the journey, it's more about the journey than the destination, because, like, the final destination take is, like, a very small amount of time, but every scene they go to is just, you know, completely insane. There's one scene where they, you know, they bring, like, strippers for the soldiers to watch. There's a scene where uh, they're, they're in the middle of a battle, and the guy in charge, the general, wants to surf with uh, one of the soldiers that used to surf in California, so they go surf while there's a battle going on. They just play with a bunch of crazy concepts. It's very... I don't know how to describe... I don't know. It doesn't really take a solid form. You don't really know what it is. You can take whatever you want from the film. And I'm not going to go into much more because I feel like whatever your opinion about war is, is shown in this movie. Whenever you're like for war or against war or you don't even know much about it, this film kind of shows the madness or whatever your opinion is about war and like kind of reflects it back to you. It's really interesting. Yeah, I heard there are some like pretty, it's been a while, it's been a bit since I've seen this movie, but I was looking up some earlier, I was looking up some facts about this movie. Apparently, I heard there's a lot of like controversy in terms of how the movie was like produced oh it was production hell <laughs> yeah 
Apparently there was a typhoon that like took away all the equipment, so they had to like shoot a bunch of scenes over again. Yeah, apparently like some of the like the they some apparently they used like real human corpses on set as well that turned out to be stolen by a grave robber. I did not know that. That is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So definitely like it's it's a trip. It's it's an if 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 you're if you're high while watching this movie that might dramatically enhance the experience. I mean, <laughs> that will scar you for life if you watch this high. Don't do that. <laughs> the, you will have a get some Joe Rogan board. super weed and then watch this movie. I guarantee you. Yeah, not, dip your not, balls in DMT. Do whatever tickles your fancy. Enjoy it. Get an elk steak, some DMT, and then watch this movie. You'll change change your life forever, guaranteed. Yep, you'll you'll become a bald, crazy person spouting philosophical quotes like Colonel Walters. Yeah, the DMT turns you into a god, literally. Mm-hmm. Turns you into a god. Yeah, I mean, as far as Francis Ford Coppola movies go, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies. I've seen this one. I've seen The Godfather. What else has he directed that I've seen? Uh, not not a whole lot. It looks it looks like, but I think I think this and The Godfather are probably his most famous movies. Mm-hmm. So this is a really really a really interesting take on the war movie genre and I, I, I'd also highly recommend this one as well and to close it off my last uh, my last movie is The Imitation Game this is a World War 2 movie I don't know if, Andrew, if you've seen this one it's released in 2014 I have not seen this but my mom has, she likes it Yeah, I don't know the director, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Morton Tile dumb if I butch if I butch if I butchered that I apologize but a very different take also there's almost this is about the, this is the story of uh, Alan Turing who basically invented the computer so during World War II the the, the Nazi quick very brief history lesson right here during World War II the Nazis had this machine called the Enigma Code which is how they would transfer encrypted messages back and forth to one another so basically the British hired a bunch of mathematicians one of them being Alan Turing to help them basically decipher the code that the Nazis were using so they could intercept the messages that the Germans were sending so they could prevent uh, so they could prevent German U-boats from attacking Allied forces. So the star of this is, uh, is a couple of uh, cast members: uh, Ben Cumberbatch, who plays Alan Turing; uh, Kira Knightley's also in this movie; Charles Dance, who's uh, plays uh, God, God, I really. He's also in Game of Thrones. Tywin Lannister in Game of Thrones. He's the actor. A couple other, couple other British actors in this movie, as well. However, 
the really the really cool thing about this movie is that it's not just a movie about them trying to break the uh, German code. It's also an underlying story about Alan Turing uh, being gay, which is kind. Of, so the the name of the movie actually has to kind of has like serves a dual purpose in that way, which I think is really cool. So interesting. So for those of you who don't know, homosexuality was pretty, was all right banned in the UK at the time. Like if you were caught, you discovered that people discovered that you were gay. You could like, you could face jail time. You'd be chemically castrated. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of fucked up shit. Man, what a great way to start off Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was not, I'm not intent for that, but still like, that's like that as, even though like this is like a World War II movie, about finding the Nazis, the real kind of underlying story of this movie is him trying to deal with the fact that he's gay during that time where that type of lifestyle uh, was really looked looked down upon. Thankfully, we've as a society we've made a lot more progress since then. But yeah, snaps out, man, for gay acceptance. Yeah, yeah. Golf, get your golf clapped in. Woo! Yeah, it's just, I think, another, like, Benedict Cumberbatch, he's good on everything. Like, I can't think of any role he's done that I didn't like. I loved him as Khan in Star Trek, loved him as Doctor Strange, loved him in this movie. Like, everything he does is... It's just awesome, and this this movie's no exception. So as me as like a, a, a big like tech nerd, Alan Turing, like his history, like he play plays a lot of significance. And one of the few movies that made me excited to go to math class the next day, because because I think it shows like another side of like the war like obviously when it comes to war movies yeah we all see just like the front lines battle stuff but this kind of this is this isn't a battle of like who has the best technology who has the best soldiers it's like who has this is more of a battle of who has the best minds and i think how do i word it like another layer this brings to war i think is, is really cool so it's not like a an exciting like spectacle definitely like if you're looking for an exciting war spectacle like Dunkirk or 1917 this movie definitely won't be for you but as far as like pure storytelling goes character good like good dialogue and writing this this movie nails all those points perfectly so I I'd also really, really recommend this movie. If you haven't seen it, you too, Andrew. Go, go. It's Prime Month. You're slacking. All right, slacking. all right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll watch another Bandit Cumberbatch movie where he's the smart guy. If I had a nickel for every time Bandit Cumberbatch was asked to play a smart person in a always movie, I'd be the... richer than Elon Musk. He always plays the smartest man in the room. I know. Which actually, you know what? I didn't notice that until now, but there you go. 
If, let me see, Doctor Strange. Uh, the I guess a competent position in 1914, 1917. He was the general. Uh, in uh, yes, he, was in that, he was in that movie too. Yeah, for like a very brief moment. Uh, he was uh, bet he was Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, imitation game. Wow. Okay. You know what? I kind of, I kind of, yep. I see that now. He, he was great as Sherlock Holmes as well. That was a great show. Yeah, I want to see him play a dumb guy though. Just to see. <laughs> it would be the most cringy thing because he's just way too competent for that. He does a southern accent in one of his movies. I forget which one. On. But. Back movies. Let's see. Doctor Strange, Imitation D. Oh, The Courier. Uh, Maybe. He was a he was a uh, dragon. In oh yeah, he was Smog. He was he also he, voiced Smog. Man. He was freaking Khan. He was the Grinch. This guy. This, he this, he this has guy all these competent any, characters. This guy can do anything. Yeah. Oh my god, I forget. He was that wolf in that Penguins of Madagascar movie that like spurred <laughs> like a cult following about the wolf. There's like, I'm pretty sure there's like a subreddit about him, how hot he is. He was in 12 Years a Slave too. This guy, this guy, this guy's been everywhere. So yeah. if, if Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch is in it, it's, you know it's going to be good. And the imitation game is hands down, is no exception to that. Oh my god, he was in Black Mass. His, I hated his Boston accent so much. I haven't I haven't seen that one yet. I I wish I got Black Mass. It's 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 a pretty good uh, crime movie. It's definitely one of the more serious ones. But yeah, I think that about does it. I think about last time. This was this was fun. I had as to kind of take a trip down memory lane. For some of these, I definitely uh definitely got to revisit some of these movies. I'm definitely gonna probably gonna revisit Imitation Game soon. I, I'm taking Cal two in a couple weeks, so this will get me amped up for that yeah. for that class. Yeah, Lucas, that's good for you. You're a closeted mathematician. You need the exposure. It's culturally ex- expected of me, so. Yeah. I, I wonder why though. I don't know. I've been trying well, to calculate. Well, people will ever know. I'm trying to calculate who's in Paris. <laughs> I can't and say. I think from there, we are going to wrap up the episode. Yep. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Thank, uh, thank stay, you, everyone. Stay tuned. stay tuned. We got some. Uh, I think. I think what I, I think what I also want to do is maybe uh, we got the new uh, James Bond movie coming out. Daniel apparently Daniel Craig's last run as the titular character, I think would be, I think we should do like a, a preview to that. We should do the same thing as we did today, but our favorite Bond James movie. Bond movies. I think that'll there be a ton of those. Dude. Yeah. A lot of, them. I have the 50th, like when Skyfall came out, I bought the, uh, the 50th anniversary edition box set from Costco. It, it has the Blu-rays of all the Bond movies. It's really cool. So I think, I think we'll try wow. to do that. As well. What a waste of money. Yeah. Aside from that, that's all I have for today. Thanks for watching. Catch you in the next one. Bye. Taiwan's a country. Bye. No!